Before we get into the show and introduce today's guest, I would just like to thank United Medical Credit for being sponsors of this podcast and of the Business of Dentistry. As a matter of fact, they have a special offer for Business of Dentistry members, 0% merchant fees for the rest of the year, and 30% discount for life after that. You can get that special deal by either going to DocOffInvestments.com and clicking on the deal section, or by going directly to www.unitedmedicalcredit.com forward slash TBOD. Thanks again, UMC. Welcome to the Dear Doc Podcast, where we will discuss the business of running a dental practice with a panel of experts. Now, your host, Dr. Christopher Hoffpower. Hey guys, this is Doc Huffpower welcoming you to another episode of the Dear Doc Podcast. Now, today's guest is uh, someone who does something kind of innovative and uh, something I think is pretty darn cool, which is why I asked him to come on the podcast to talk to you about it. Morris Felix Mugo. Um, we're just going to call him Morris Felix because that's what he goes by on Facebook today. So you guys can find him. Well, he runs a really cool organization that I'm going to let him talk to you a little bit about. But first, let me ask you a couple of things, Maurice. How did you get into dentistry? I mean, what was your entrance? Are you a hygienist? Are you a doctor? Are you an assistant? Were you just someone who said, you know, I can make a difference? So talk to us a little bit about your journey getting into this field. All right. First, let me say uh, thank you so much for having me in your podcast and for your time this morning, Doc. So I got into de dentistry actually by accident. So growing up in Kenya, in a little village in Eastern Kenya, I had never been to the dentist until I was around 13 years old. So one day I had a abscess on my canine, I never forget. And we walked with my mom to a nearby town. It was like a three hour walk just to go see the dentist. And this guy was from Sudan. If anybody is familiar with people from Sudan, like uh, Southern Sudan, they're gigantic. This guy was like seven foot. And I walk into this office and the smell petrified me. I was like, what is that smell? What is this chair? Right. And I was, uh, I was really scared to death. And it gave me a palito shot and I said, okay, I don't think I can do this. It was quite painful. And I said, uh, mom, can I use the bathroom? It's one of those uh, offices where the bathroom is normally outside the office. Soon as I got out and we had already paid money to see this guy. Soon as I got out, I ran off. I really <laughs> ran off and, <laughs> and he tried to chase me. But him being from Sudan and being from Kenya, you know, we can run faster than those guys. And I never did want him to go back there. My mom was, of course, so mad because we had walked, walked so far to, to come uh, to this location. And I went back again. And this time, there was a, an assistant. In Kenya, we don't have hygienists. So I believe it was the assistant. And she talked me through the whole thing. And I had my tooth extracted. And we became uh, friends with this doctor because I found out or used to bring missionaries to Kenya and they would work on people's teeth. But he didn't speak uh, the local language because he was from Sudan. 
and I would help interpret for him. Like when I'm, I said, okay, I'm going to watch this from a distance. And when he did like a medical or dental not, camp. Not, as, not as great of a distance as you intended to watch it from the first <laughs> time, right? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so I would just help interpret for him. And I would see people. I said, I would love to do this. It doesn't seem so bad if you're on the receiving end. And I said, I, I like to do this. And I went through my school. I really wanted to get into dental school. In Kenya, the government chooses the course for you. And dentistry is super competitive. If you're from a small tribe like me, you don't know anybody there. I got all the qualifying points and everything, but I never got the position because the government officials choose the career for you. They gave me something I didn't ever even wanted to do. And when I got to this country nine years ago, I said, okay, this is the country where everything is possible. I'm going to go for my dream. And that's how I got into dental hygiene school. And I'm today practicing. I'm so excited. That's fantastic. Okay. So now we have a little bit of a history. We know that you do hygiene here in the States uh, and that your yes. dream was to work in dentistry uh, since, since that, that one good experience that you did have. Yes. Well, what's interesting to me is that even from that early time, you were recognizing some needs that you're currently feeling, filling today. Um, and that was you yourself bring people into Africa to work um, with people there. And um, I want you to talk to us a little bit about your program. Well, first of all, what is it called? So our program is called Safari and Smiles. And the reason we came up with this name is because uh, we wanted to take people from here, especially people in dental world, to Africa and not just, uh, not just to do safari. Safari is part of it because you cannot go to Africa and really fail to do an African safari. And also give smiles to the people there, literally, even if you don't work on people's teeth. Like last time we were there, we donated books, pens, money. Anything you give, it's going to leave a smile on a child's face and a smile on your heart as well. So that's why the name Safari and Smiles. I love that. I love what you said. There's a smile on your heart as well. So... Maurice, talk to me a little bit about this program, because I'll tell you, you know, after, C after Cecil the Lion, everybody's a little bit afraid to go on safari out there, right? So talk yes. to me a little bit about what it is that you offer um, doctors who are going there. Uh, talk to me about how people can reach out to you to get into the program and, and to help out. So first of all, tell us what the program is exactly, other than, you know, making donations and, and doing dental work. So uh, this is a three-in-one program. What I mean when I say three-in-one, we are trying to do uh, continuous education credits when we are there. So this is a big part of our safari because some people are so bored of just going to the same classes for the same. But when we go there, we are able to do a continuing education classes. Fantastic. Two is part. Two is part of the mission where we choose an orphanage and go there, donate dental work, donate dental tools anything dental and three is the safari part because some people have a life dream of traveling to Africa some are photographers they like to go there and do some little bit of photography so our aim is to do the three in one in one safari excellent I'll tell you I'm, I'm a, an amateur photographer myself uh, I can't wait to go out there and help you guys it's been a dream of mine for a long time to uh, to be able to go to Africa just to see it uh, I've got a very good friend actually from Kenya um, actually, you may know him. Um, 
I, I don't know if you keep up with the local uh, music scene. Uh, he's actually in Malawi yes. now. But uh, if you ever heard of Kenneth Horrocks, uh, and his stage name is Kenny Gilmore, uh, he wrote Ingata Sounds Masume. familiar. Uh, if, if, you, if you're familiar mm -hmm. with the song. In, yep. Uh, yes. He's got some really good stuff. He does a lot of harmonica work. But um, so I'd, I'd love to go out there and just see the beauty that he described to me. His, his dad used to actually be a hunt guide. And he would go with his father out with some of these some of these tourists, and he would just describe the most beautiful things. And he'd always tell me, "I wish you could see it." So maybe maybe one day soon I will get to. Yes, sir. Doc, one thing I'll tell you is that people can describe it all they want, but unless you experience it in person, that's when you get the full experience. Absolutely. And talking of talking of photography, I've seen some of the pictures. Uh, my favorite is the one you shot of a railway line. It's about lines and perspectives. Mm -hmm. That was a great picture. I really love that. Oh, thank you, thank you. I, I think you're, I think you're, uh, you're thinking of, of the wrong, uh, the, the wrong doc. But I'll, I'll, I'll show you some of my stuff later. It's, it's not that cool. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so how do I get involved in this? How do my listeners get involved in helping out? And also, what kind of CE do you offer? So currently we are not doing anything very clinical. It's like general CS. Our hope is to eventually get into more clinical stuff and integrate actually with the local dentists there to teach them, show them some techniques. Last time we were there, we had a local periodontist come and was just blown away when he was just there talking to the doctors from here. He was, uh, I could tell, like, he could talk to them for days and days. And I thought in future we can bring more clinical integration together for doctors from here to show some techniques to the doctors from there. And I'm sure they could also learn something from the doctors there as well. And next trip is coming up in June of 2022. Okay. And we're gonna work at the, we're gonna work at a local orphanage. And if anyone is interested in signing up, we're gonna drop a link. If you go to safariandsmiles.com, it's gonna pop up and you can look at the itinerary. And if anyone is interested in signing up, they can sign up. We have a lot of signups. We have just a few spots left. Fantastic. I'll see if I can grab mine now. I'll have to get permission from the awesome. wife. So talk to me a little <laughs> bit about um with, with the world the way that it is right now, um, what are the COVID regulations like there? Um, what do people have to be aware of, uh, travel restrictions and things like that? So, so far, Kenya has handled uh, the COVID pandemic actually pretty good than I expected or anybody expected. As long as you have a PCR test, you should be fine. They allow you into the country. They don't check if you are vaccinated or not. It's not a requirement. But as long as you get a PCR test before you board your flight, and people they are taking extreme uh, caution just because, uh, like before you get in any hotel, there are stations to wash your hands. There are the cruisers you are using to travel locally. Before you get in, they disinfect it. So pretty much just trying like the rest of the world because uh, I guess people have figured out you cannot be shut down for the rest of the life because this thing seems to be here to stay with us. Absolutely. I would completely agree. I think it's going to become endemic um, to about every country on earth. So um, 
Very interesting stuff. So what kinds of needs do you have uh, so far as doctors coming in? Uh, what types of work will they be doing? Are we talking about fillings and things like that? Are we talking about extractions? Are we talking about implants? Um, what, what exactly are you looking for? Right now, we're looking at uh, doctors that can help us with extractions and fillings. That's mostly what we're going to be doing. And some hygienists, if they're coming, they could do cleanings. If we don't have a hygienist uh, that are coming, like enough hygienists, and a doctor feels comfortable doing cleanings, we'd appreciate that. We'd also love uh, for the doctors also to teach because in Kenya, the shortage of dentists is so high that we have some nurses, uh, registered nurses are the ones who pull teeth and do extractions and uh, I mean, do fillings. So if you have a, uh, a doctor like giving a clash course to the people there, that would also be really good. So education, feelings, extractions, and feelings, that's it. Hey guys, now a quick word about our sponsor. I'm really excited to announce that we've partnered with United Medical Credit to offer an exclusive deal just to TBOD members. Now, United Medical Credit is a patient financing provider with unique waterfall lending process. It allows them to approve a much wider range of applicants. In fact, the widest range of applicants in the entire field. I've been using United Medical Credit in my practice for a couple of years now, and I'm seeing great results. They really speak for themselves. I see at least 30% increase in the number of patients who are actually approved whenever going through UMC. And the best part is patients are accepting treatment. More acceptance, more patience means more revenue. Right now, they're offering TVOD members a special discount of 0% merchant fees until the end of the year. That's right, until the end of 2021, you get 0% merchant fees charged. And they're gonna give you a 30% discount for life after that. Now, if you wanna claim this offer for your practice, go to www unitedmedicalcredit.com forward slash tbod or as always you can go to Dockoff investments click on the deal section look up umc and register thanks a lot guys and umc thanks for sponsoring fantastic and what kind of equipment do you have to work with there is equipment something that you guys need if someone has like old equipment in their office um and, and if so, how can they contact you to make that happen? We have a local dentist organization there that's going to bring some equipment from Nairobi, but it's obviously never enough. So if anyone has uh, any dental tool, anything that you don't use, even if it's fluoride varnish, if it's just uh, being a hygienist, I don't know most of the actual, you know, like the dentist uh, drills and all that stuff, but if anyone has any equipment that you think you don't need, we'd appreciate to have it because in future, my dream is uh, for us to be able to have a permanent clinic where we can, when we go there, we don't have to do a camp. Anybody can go anytime. And let's say they're not available to go with a group and they say, I'm going to Kenya for seven days. Uh, can I volunteer two days to work at the local clinic? My idea is to have some, some staff members there waiting for you all the equipment ready on the go and you can work as you wish. So anything uh, you have, any kind of tool would be really appreciated. Fantastic. And <clears throat> I would like to help you make that dream come true um, of building a permanent clinic there. Is there um, a GoFundMe that you could set up 
that we could post on this podcast where dentists or hygienists or even just anyone who listens to it who thinks it's a worthy cause can donate to. And do you already have um, a 504 status here in the United States so that you can you can make those uh, those um, contributions tax deductible? Yes, we are working on uh, turning Safari and Smiles into a nonprofit organization. We actually uh, submitted the paperwork last week to convert it. So the wheel is rolling and soon we're going to have a GoFundMe page and we'll be able to share it with anyone interested in supporting us. Okay, fantastic. All right, man. Is there anything that I haven't asked you yet about your program in specific that you'd like to talk about, except for the safaris, because I'm saving that for last, because I'd like you to kind of talk a little bit about what you've done in the past with that. So maybe one thing I can also say is that I feel like when people go on an African safari, it changes, uh, it changes your life. When I came to this country, I was blown away by the abundance in this country that most people do not actually realize. So just by traveling, Yes, sir. I, I was going to say, even the poorest people here live life of luxury compared to the rest of the world, uh, particularly some of the, the, the sub, uh, sub-equatorial countries. Yes, absolutely. I, was, uh, I remember going to downtown Baltimore, and I was being told that's the poorest part of the country. I could see homeless people, but they end shoes on their feet. They end coats. I couldn't understand how they were, how they were poor. So... When uh, you travel, it just changes uh, the perspective uh, you have about life. It makes you really appreciate a lot of good things in this country. It makes you just want to strive to be a better version of yourself. Absolutely. So, so yes. let's talk about those safaris. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the areas that you go to, um, the types of wildlife you see. Um, are these only photography safaris or the hunting safaris talk to us about the whole safari experience and what does it look like when you get there from day one and two leave so with one thing uh i have always always enjoyed safaris myself i brought up my grandfather and he was a game warden in kenya so i grew up going on safaris uh with him you know chasing uh poachers and all that so for me, it's something I'm also very passionate about. When I was in the university in Kenya, that was like my side gig was being a safari guide. So why uh, I think it's important for me to mention that our safaris are priced almost half or less than half of what a regular safari cost because I've been able to build relationships with the hotels there for over a very long period of time. And when I mentioned that the people I'm bringing, they're also coming to do other charity work, it helps me to get a discount and be able to charge my safaris very, very extremely low. So one of the things I always tell people is that when you land in the airport, all you have to do is just get to the airport in Nairobi and we take it from there. So we have a few days in Nairobi where we are just relaxing, shaking off the jet lag, getting the feel for the country. And then we always head to Masai Mara, although you can always change that. If anybody is not familiar with Masai Mara, it's the seventh wonder of the world. We have millions and millions of wild beasts migrating every year from Masai Mara to Serengeti in Tanzania and back. And you can see the big five there, the lions, you can see the rhino, you can see the elephant, you can see the cheetah and 
any animal you can imagine, you can sit in the Masai Mara. If you're a photographer, this is your paradise because they, there's enough open spaces to take the pictures. And also you come close to the animals. We ride in uh, land cruisers that carry only six people and everybody's guaranteed window seat that shows you all the way. Like you have a good enough space to see the animals. You don't get there in a bus or anything. So it's mostly uh, photography and viewing. Most places in Kenya, hunting is illegal, like hunting of the wild animals because they're trying to do some conservation. And then uh, from there, we always try to finish our safaris. We go to many other different sites. We go to Hell's Gate. Hell's Gate is where they shot the movie, the Tom Raider, something like that. And also the Lion King was shot there. And the scenic, the scenic part is just part, small part of the safari. We always do cultural integration where we go to a Maasai village and you can uh, see the Maasai way of living. You are there with them. You can see how they milk the cows there. You just that, that's, that uh, sounds like a paradise immersed. for photographers as well. I mean, that's that's yes. the kind of thing you can't see anymore, almost anywhere uh, in the world. Yes, sir. So there's good chance to there to interact with them and you know t take a lot of pictures of their daily life because they're not they're not pretending to live they live like that. That's the way they live and that's their lifestyle. Then we always try to finish our safari by going to the Kenyan coast. We go to Diani Beach in Mombasa. We take a local flight. This flight is paid for by us. You do not have to worry about booking the flight. We fly to the Kenyan coast and it's the coast that lines up the Zanzibar. There's big Arabic influence because the Arabs would come to the Kenyan coast to get ivory and they would give the people their salt and swans. So we always finish the safari by taking a soak in the ocean, just relaxed, easy beach vibes. Then we fly back to Nairobi and I organized the PCR test for COVID when we're in Mombasa, the coastal town. Then we get to fly back to Nairobi and fly back to the States. Fantastic. So what, uh, what do they need to know if they do test positive for COVID on the way back out? So if someone tests uh, positive, we have measures in place and we organize your stay and someone from the team will stay with you until you are cleared to fly. Fantastic. All right. So are there any local customs or um, any rules or regulations that you, our listeners may be interested in knowing or anything they, they may need to know? And also, um, how much does this cost? So for the local regulations is that plastic bags are banned in Kenya. You cannot carry a plastic bag. You can carry a Ziploc if you are carrying your stuff with you. And you cannot wear military fatigues. You cannot wear like camouflage kind of clothing because uh, it's associated with poachers and that kind of thing. And plastic bags, those are banned. So for the price and for the cultural part, Kenyans are pretty much very easygoing. So people, lo they love people. You go to Kenya, you'll never forget because the people are very friendly, very welcoming, and they really like to see visitors. The price of the safari is 3,200 per single occupancy, per double occupancy. If someone would like a room just for themselves, it's 3,800. If you're able to find a roommate to stay with you, it's 3,200 and you can bring family members, you can bring friends. They don't have to be in dentistry. 
So anybody is just welcome really to join us as long as they are willing to participate in our mission trip, even if it means donating books, pens, whatever you have. Fantastic. Well, it sounds certainly like you've got a very uh, worthy cause here. And uh, hopefully some of our listeners will contact you and we'll fill up this next safari. And if I'm not, if I'm not on this one, I'll be on the next one. Well, my friend, thank you for, uh, for giving me your time this morning to talk about this and for joining us on the podcast and, and thank you for what it is you're doing and, um, and what it is you're creating. I I think that, uh, people should be talking about this. Everyone should hear about it. It's something that you can look at. That's a good, wholesome story about dentistry. We have too few of those out there these days. And, um, I, I don't know if you know or not, but the reason I became a dentist is because I almost died from a dental infection because I had never been to the dentist as a child. And so uh, we have oh. some great commonality there. I never heard of that part. Okay. Well, nice. Maurice, thanks for coming. And one more time, give us that website so that they can find you and they can sign up for this wonderful trip. So the website is Safari and Smiles and like the alphabet not just A-N-D, it's just Safari and Smiles. And you can also connect us on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, just Google Safari and Smiles. Fantastic. Well, Maurice, it's been good to talk to you. Have a fantastic day. Well, guys, Thank you so much, for- Doc, for your time. No sweat, my friend. Well, guys, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for your time and listening to the Dear Doc Podcast. Thank you for your support and have a fantastic day. Do you feel like you are wasting your time and money marketing your dental practice? The fact is most marketing companies are not focused on your best interests. They focus on their profit. At Art of Dental Marketing, our engagements are month to month, allowing you a low risk and foundational level to build trust as we build real solutions. Right now, TBOD members can enjoy exclusive discounted pricing on our ultra fast websites and local SEO services. Visit us online at artofdentalmarketing.com or call us at 913-214-8502. Thanks for listening to the Dear Doc Podcast, your source for the business and legal questions associated with your dental practice. Don't forget to subscribe to the Dear Doc Podcast on all major platforms.